We're not afraid to mention that. We're not afraid to work through that. And um, as I was praying about that on Wednesday, I really felt like God gave me a picture, um, a picture for our community. And that, that was uh, that when our, our community has received a wound, right? Sometimes you hurt yourself, you know, your, your, your body, you fall, you skip, you trip. And other times other people inflict a wound. But our, our community has experienced a wound. And I got this picture that when you get a wound, when you get a cut in your body, um, typically you address it, right? You don't leave it unaddressed. And we did that last week. But then you also, you, you, if, you, if you've got the resources, you're going to put some like neosporin on it, maybe some peroxide, maybe a Band-Aid to prevent infection, right? And so you address the wound, you clean it out, and you put a, a balm on it to promote healing and to prevent infection. So one thing that we do is we gather together each week as a community is to uh, reach out to one another and be, apply that balm that prevents infection and promotes healing. That we each, as the body of Christ, have the, the privilege and the responsibility to, to love one another, to care for one another, to listen to the Holy Spirit and like say, what God are you doing um, in our community and how can I be a part to promote healing? And so this week I got, uh, uh, I'll, actually I'm going to call out Ryan here, but I was sharing with him a little bit how I was feeling. He just came over and gave me a hug. And that was a, that was a, that's a, an act that was a balm that prevents infection of bitterness in my heart growing or and, and promotes healing. And so I want us to all be thinking about that as we um, are live together as a community. This won't be the last time that we hurt one another or offend one another or say hurtful things, especially as we try to pursue uh, the kind of space we're trying to create, that is a diverse group of people in age and background and ethnicity. And so we're gonna misunderstand each other. Sometimes we're just gonna be plain old mean. We're gonna inflict wounds. And, uh, but the body, by the Holy Spirit, promotes healing and prevents infection by our love for one another. So I just wanted to say that I feel like God gave me that picture for our community. And that's not at all what we're going to talk about right now. But Luke 19, 28 through 40, you can look it up in your Bibles or it'll be on the screen. But um, this actually is very much what we're going to talk about because uh, today we're going to proclaim this truth. And it is a healing balm that promotes healing and prevents infection. In fact, it is the hope for the world. We're talking about the peace of Jesus Christ that is here with Jesus. That the kingdom of God is about the peace of God brought in the person of Jesus Christ. And we proclaim today that Jesus, his way is peace. His peace is for you. His peace is for us. And his peace is for the world. That's good news. Because we need peace. Uh, Luke 19. I'm going to read all of it because it was supposed to be read earlier and I forgot. So we're going to read all of it right now. This is the um, a passage you may be familiar with, right? It's the uh, the triumphal entry, right? Where people are waving palm branches 
and crying out to God, to Jesus, calling him king. But here it is. When he had said these things, Jesus went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. When he drew near to Bethpage and Bethany, at the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two of the disciples, saying, Go into the village in front of you, where on entering you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever yet sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? You shall say this, the Lord has need of it. So if you ever are stealing someone's car or whatever, if someone comes out and is like, hey, the Lord has need of it, brother. You're good. Okay, cool. All right. So, pretty weird. Okay, so those who were sent away and found it just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt that wasn't there, its owners, that wasn't theirs, its owners said to them, why are you untying the colt? And they said, everyone? That's right. Okay. And they brought it to Jesus. And throwing their cloaks on the colts, they set Jesus on the colt. And as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. As he was drawing near, already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. Let me tell you the story. Bring it, bring it here. Imagine it's a state fair, September. This area of our town just kind of swells with people. There's thousands of more people all from all over New Mexico that come for the state fair, and Jesus shows up with some of his disciples, after having gone to Berlin and Bernalillo, to Grants, to Santa Fe, he's been walking all around, proclaiming good news, healing people, giving sight to the blind, bringing crippled and lame people health and wellness, proclaiming good news, and he comes and he, he camps out front of the fairgrounds, and he says to two of his disciples, he said, hey, go up to Trumbull Village. Go to the size gas station. There's going to be a shopping cart. It's going to be tied up in front of the, front of the store. I want you to grab that, and if anyone says, hey, what are you doing with my shopping cart? You say, the Lord has need of it. And uh, so two of his disciples, they go, they walk from the fairgrounds, they go to size. And they see a shopping cart, just like Jesus said. And they go and they untie it. And two people run out of size and like, what are you doing with my shopping cart, bro? And they say, And we hear that familiar sound that we hear in our neighborhood, the rattling of the shopping cart. Down the road, you hear it in the morning, you hear it. In the evening, you hear it all throughout the day in our neighborhood. 
and they roll it up to where Jesus is. And they take off their, their coats that, are, that, are, that have holes in them and they're ragged from long travel and they put it in the cart. And they help Jesus get in the cart. And they push Jesus up central in the shopping cart. And all of a sudden, the people that had interactions with Jesus, the, the guy that, that had a limp and hey, he met Jesus and Jesus healed him. He comes out and he says, it's him. It's Jesus. It's the guy that healed me. And, and more people come out and they take off they take off their coats and they lay them on the street, on the ground. And, and as Jesus is pushed up on this cart, the crowds gather and he's running over their cloaks. And then some people from the churches come around out. They're looking around and they're like, Jesus, teacher, tell them, stop, to, to, stop, stop calling you God. Stop calling you king. Stop calling you Lord. Stop calling you bringer of peace. And Jesus says, if I tell these people to shut up, the very stones will cry out and worship me. King Jesus is here. His way is peace. His peace is for you. His peace is is for us. His peace is for our world. And his peace is for our community. His peace is for our neighborhood. His peace is for those that people forget about. And he comes not as a mighty king in Mercedes Benz with a limo and a procession. He doesn't come as mayor or governor of New Mexico with bodyguards and wealth and education. He comes on a donkey that he doesn't even own. Let's say a shopping cart. A vehicle of the people. And he rides up central. Not Paseo del Norte. Central. Not Knob Hill, just a little further up. Central. Louisiana. San Mateo. Wyoming. Because this is where he hung out. This is who he's with. And all are welcome to come. The, the Pharisees that come from the churches and say, what are you doing? They're welcome to worship. They're welcome to join in the procession and call him king. But they choose not to. But the people that have been touched by Jesus the people that have experienced his peace, the people that have been vulnerable and have, their, have had their vulnerability met with the love of Jesus, come out and follow him. Call him king. Where do you need the peace of Jesus to meet you in your life? I know there's turmoil in your hearts. I know there's turmoil in your families. I know there's discord and tension. I know there's discord and tension and turmoil in your neighborhood and in our state, in our city, in our country. We just had three African-American churches burned down this week in our country, right? 
Don't tell me there's no turmoil, there's no tension. Don't tell me there's no need for peace. We've seen it in our own community. It's very weak. But Jesus comes, not as we expect, but he comes with exactly what we need, right? He comes with peace, true peace. True peace. I know a, a friend of mine has, um, she's been telling me her story, and she grew up, she's an older, older woman now, but she grew up um, taking care of her brothers and sisters, and in a really highly stressful family environment. Can anyone relate to that? There's a lot of uh, strife between her parents. In fact, there was kind of an abusive relationship there. There was a lot of fighting, there was a lot of angst, and... As the oldest child, she felt it was her responsibility to manage the space and to manage the environment, right? And she has all this pressure and tension and anxiety. Well, if I keep the house clean enough, my dad won't blow up and come after my mom. If I, if I, just, if I behave well enough, if I get good enough grades, if I, if I take care of my brother and sister, then it'll all be okay. She took the, the marriage and the, the environment of the home upon herself. And as her siblings grew, she began to take responsibility for them. She came to Jesus in a, at a young age, and she wanted to teach them about God and God's love and transfer like this, this beautiful message to them. And she would try to protect them and absorb the stress of her household so that they wouldn't experience it. And as they grew, they started making some of the same mistakes, falling into the same patterns that their parents did. She felt responsible. She felt guilty. She tried harder and harder to get her siblings to like, like live in a way that would bring them peace. And eventually, she had her own kids and she had her own marriage and she was still trying to manage her, 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 her family. And uh, her parents got divorced and her brother and sister had several different relationships and several different kids with different and different relationships. And she lived with guilt. She lived with anxiety. She lived with fear. Um, and she needed God's peace. She needs God's peace. Can you relate at all to the pressure? Maybe it's not you were in the same situation like trying to manage a household, parents. But maybe you... You feel, you just live with a sense of gnawing anxiety or, or tension or stress. You feel like the pressure of the world is on you. You see the world around us and all the tensions and you're like, what am I going to do? You feel stressed. Just want to proclaim this good news once again. King Jesus is here. His way is peace. His peace is for you. His peace is for us, this community. His peace is for the world. Let's look at this text just a little bit more. See, Jesus is a different kind of king bringing a different kind of peace. Here's the context here. That this is Passover, and the city of Jerusalem would swell by thousands and thousands of more people, pilgrims from all over the Roman Empire, Jewish pilgrims would come and enter the city of Jerusalem. And this was a feast 
a political feast really, to remember their freedom, their release from captivity of the Egyptian empire. Remember, Passover is celebrating God's act on Israel's behalf to free them from slavery and oppression of Rome, I mean of, of Egypt. So it has all of this kind of political undertones here. And they are celebrating this in Jerusalem, which is occupied by the Roman Empire. Again, Israel finds themselves under the oppressive rule of an empire that claims peace for the world, right? Rome is known, we learn about it in our history books, as Pax Romana, the peace of Rome. But here's the problem. The people are not experiencing the peace. They're experiencing poverty, they're experiencing sickness, they're experiencing hunger, they're experiencing oppression. And every year, here's the deal, this is why it's important to know this, every year, Pilate, remember Pilate? He's the one who puts Jesus on trial, or Israel brings him up. Pilate didn't live in Jerusalem. He lived on the sea off the coast of like the Mediterranean Sea somewhere. And he would come into town, into Jerusalem during the week of Passover. And what do you think he did? Here's what he would do. He would ride in on a war horse. He would ride, followed, and preceded. In front of him and behind him would be Roman infantry full of armor and spears and swords carrying banners that proclaimed the, the power and the might and the peace that Rome has brought the earth. And everyone would come out, and they would say, Hail Caesar! Hail Caesar! And they proclaimed that he was the ruler, he was the king. The Roman Empire has brought peace. And this was a way to kind of remind the people who's in charge, and hopefully to convince them, maybe they'd start to believe that the Roman Empire is actually bringing peace. So in the same week, Jesus says, Hey, Go get that shopping cart. Go get that donkey. I'm not going to ride in on a horse. I'm riding in on a donkey. And he mocks the procession, the royal procession. And he says, who's king? Who's really the king? And the people come out. Not mighty soldiers, not mighty infantry, but people who have experienced the healing love of Jesus and who are desperately in need of true peace that Jesus brings. And they come and they lay out their cloaks and they worship him. They say, blessed Jesus, you are king. And they, they, they cry out Psalms 118 verse 24, which is a royal psalm calling God the royal king. And they ascribe this psalm, Psalm 128, to Jesus. And they say, blessed is he who comes, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Now can you start to understand why the Pharisees say, shut up, be quiet, you're going to get us killed? And it does get Jesus killed, by the way. So Jesus is a different kind of king, living in a different kind of way, bringing peace in a different kind of way. He comes on a donkey, not on a war horse. He comes with the multitudes of his disciples that, that have been touched by his healing love, not with the war horse 
and the infantry. But let's look at his peace. This is a different kind of peace. It's a different kind of peace that he brings. This is shalom. Have you heard of shalom? Shalom. This is the, the people that they say, they're not just saying peace. Like, man, I've got this sweet inner sense of yoga peace that's just like flowing inside of me. I just feel good. Right? They're not talking about the absence of conflict. They're not talking about the absence of tension. They're not talking about peace just negatively. They're talking about peace Positively, They're talking about shalom, the peace and flourishing of humanity. They're talking about shalom, that the hope for peace that God intends for the world, that will reconcile, not, that will reconcile the world in three directions. It will bring wellness and wholeness and healing in three directions. It brings wholeness and healing between humanity and God. It restores that relationship between creator and created. It restores the relationship and brings wellness and flourishing and peace between people, human beings and human beings, reconciling relationships and family and people groups and ethnic groups. And then it brings a peace of, between humanity and creation. Holistic, flourishing and peace. A peace that would even, if humans didn't cry out in praise, the rocks would cry out in praise. We said in Romans 8, it says, All creation groans for the coming and the revelation of those who are saved by Jesus. So this is a holistic, cosmic shalom and peace that they proclaim. This is the peace that our world needs. So King Jesus is here, right? And his peace, his shalom is for you. His shalom, his peace is for us, for our community. His peace and his shalom is for our world. We need his holistic peace. And the, here's the thing. The way of Jesus leads to the peace of Jesus. Jesus doesn't come on a mighty war horse. He doesn't come exerting and coercing his power. He comes as a humble servant on a donkey. And that way of living, that posture, is what makes for peace. That is the way of peace. And that is the uh, way forward for us. So, the way of Jesus leads to the way of peace. And so, what we are called to do is we can either be the Pharisee or we can be the people. We can respond to Jesus on a humble shopping cart as our king, or we can reject it and hold it back. So I've been learning to receive and to trust in this peace and this way of peace. I think this week has really tr uh, pushed me um, uh, to trust that, as I said, his peace is for me and his peace is for us. And his peace is for the world. Because this week, this last week, didn't feel like it. Didn't feel like we were having, that I had peace. It didn't feel like we were having peace in our community. And it didn't feel like there was much hope for the world. But I, I'm, I'm repenting and believing that peace is possible because peace is here. Because Jesus is here. And Jesus has brought the shalom through his cross, his death, his resurrection, and his hope for return. And so the, the hurtful words spoken by a wounded and hurt woman to a hurt 
person who's been hurt more than um, is right just because of the color of his skin, right? I have to trust, I have to trust, we have to trust in the way of Jesus and the peace of Jesus that he can reconcile, that he is reconciling us to each other, us to God. He's reconciling the world. So, as we end here, let me just ask you, where do you need the peace of Jesus? Where do you need his shalom, his peace in yourself, in your family, in your neighborhood? Where do you hope to see it in the world? Is it in your marriage? Is it with your children? Is it with your parents? Is it with your extended family? Is it with your coworkers? Is it with um, uh, the culture that surrounds you and exhausts you with microaggressions and oppression? Is it our church? Where do you need the peace of God that passes all understanding and is brought by Jesus? I want to declare once more, and I want you to know, Jesus is here. And his peace is for you, and his peace is for us, and his peace is for the world. And his peace will win. His peace will reign, because he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the true king. He is the king, and Caesar is not. He is the king, and Donald Trump is not. He is the king, and no other world leader is the king. All right? Jesus is the king. And he's the one who brings peace. So our response needs to be that of the disciples. Our opportunity is to respond to Jesus, just like the disciples did. To take what we have, right? And it's not much. And to lay it at his feet. And to proclaim him to be king. And say, blessing. He who comes in the name of the Lord. Glory in the highest. And peace on earth. They're repeating this refrain that was at his birth. And now as he goes to his death, they repeat it again. Peace in heaven. Glory in the highest. So we have the opportunity to respond and to worship Jesus as the bringer of peace and the author of peace. The trust in his way is the way of peace. And so we're going to um, uh, now sing because our response is praise. You notice how they praise him as a true king? So as we sing, I want us to have in mind that, that area of peace in our life that we need that, to be met with the, Jesus, the peace of Jesus. So would you put up the liturgical response? I'm going to give you a chance to uh, respond here uh, after we sing uh, a couple songs before we eat. All right. So this is what I want you to be thinking about. We're going to say together, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And then we're going to proclaim our trust in Jesus. We trust in your way of peace, Jesus. And then we're going to receive the peace that is at work in our lives. That is for you, for us, and for the world. I want you to think of that area in your life. And I want you to verbalize it. I want you to accept and receive the peace that comes through Jesus in that area of your life. So be thinking about that as we respond in praise. Uh, there's also going to be time to, so come on up, uh, team, and uh, there'll be people to pray. I'll be back here to pray.